Well, howdy, y'all, and welcome to an all-new episode of The Daily Grind. Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us on The Daily Grind. I am John Spencer, and joining me is my big sister, Carla Cogram. So happy to be with you. And I'm so glad she's here <laughs> with us, and we're going to get your day started on The Daily Grind, helping you brew your brain, sharpen your wit, and enrich your faith. We'll share a few historical events a rundown on today's date, and we will both go over some random musings just to help your brain gears get turning in the morning, and then I'll share a few thoughts on your walk with Jesus. Let's get this show on the road. Hey, good morning, Carla. It's hump day, Wednesday, Woo. 13 December. Happy Woo. Wednesday, everybody. Good to be here with you. Right, and if you have not been on top of your Christmas game, you got 11 shopping days left. That's right. But and don't, wait date, don't, wait don't wait till the end. Okay? Well, don't wait till the last of, one. Don't wait till the last one. You've kind of waited till the end, but right. don't wait till the last minute. Right. On this date in 1294, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Saint Celestine V resigned from the papacy after only five months and returned to his previous life as an ascetic hermit. Okay. He just said, mm, that, I mean, they finally probably found a guy that was really devout and spiritual. And he was like, mm, eh, I'm mm-hmm. going back to my cave. Sorry, <laughs> my grotto. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> On this date in 1920, the League of Nations established the International Court of Justice in The Hague. The International Court of Justice remained and was pretty pivotal in a little event down in Nuremberg after All World right. War II. Okay. Yeah. Good and deal. still is today a mm-hmm. place where crimes against humanity are charged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This date in 1962, NASA launched Relay One, and it was the first active repeater communication satellite in Earth orbit. 1962. Oh, I was not aware. I know you weren't even on planet Earth no. at that time, so you're excused. Okay. On this date in 1972, Eugene. Serenin and Harrison Schmidt began the third and final EVA or extravehicular activity, aka moonwalk, uh-huh. of Apollo 17. Last okay. guys to walk on the moon. Whoa. In 1972. 1972. Okay. And their footprints are still there because <laughs> there's no wind right? or atmosphere on the moon. So they are undisturbed. Wow. Just as they were. And on this date, in 1991, North and South Korea officially ended their war. That's a good Now, fighting, fighting actually stopped in 1953. And we had the DMZ <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And you would right. think, yeah, the Korean War ended way back there in the 50s. No. But they didn't officially end the war until 1991. They wouldn't even talk to each other to call it off until 1972. Except, what? Is- 19 what? Remind 1991. Me. 91. Good grief. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And December 13th is National Coco Day. Oh, okay. It's National Day of the Horse. Okay. It's Pick a Pathologist Pal Day. An alliteration. Okay. Maybe one of the most alliterative <laughs> days out there. I could see pathologist being people that need pals yeah. and a little pick me up. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. If you, you know, yeah. And it's National Violin Day. Oh, lovely. There you go. Okay. 
It's Christmas time, and that always makes me think, Carla. I remember as at A and M in the Cav, we would have people every now and then donate horses to us. Yes, I had stayed in College Station one Christmas, and we went and picked up some horses, and we were coming back from being out in the middle of nowhere parts of the state, <laughs> where you know you can't pick up anything. Right. You know, so there's just some AM station broadcasting from somewhere. I remember this. There was this little town in the Midwest that this mayor purchased a new nativity scene because the one that had been forever in the courthouse square was just looking tattered and aged and weathered. And the ACLU crawled all over this little guy and descended on this town because, you know, he'd used public money for religious display, you know that kind of stuff right and what, what the thing i remember though is they were interviewing this mayor and somebody said you know how are you handling all this and what do you think's going on and what do you think the big thing is and he said you know i have really tried <laughs> to figure out what the problem that the aclu has with the nativity scene and after dealing and meeting with them for all this time, I have finally figured out why they are so offended by it. And the reporter said, well, okay, why? And he said, well, because I'm pretty sure there's not three wise men or a virgin in that whole organization. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I would that. go, I would vote for that guy. <laughs> Whoever. <laughs> if he ran for something, I would go, Yes. He's our man. Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Carla, did you do you know that the most points scored in an NBA game by a single team is 186? Good grief. Okay. So the Detroit Pistons scored 186 points against the Denver Nuggets. Did the Nuggets get off the bench? Were they on the floor during this game? So yeah, in a game that occurred. December 13th, 1983. Good grief. Okay. Now, the second most points ever scored by an NBA team is 184 <laughs> by the Denver Nuggets. They lost that game by two points. He scored no. 184 points and lost 186 to 184. That's crazy. That's that crazy. Yes. In fact, it, I haven't done it, but it makes me want to go on YouTube. Like, I nearly have to go watch that game. Like, oh. that, it must be like pass, fast break, dunk. Yes. Lay, boom, score. Like, I just don't even know how that's mathematically possible to score points. I had to have been some overtimes too, maybe. But Something, still. Yes. Still. There was no defense. Some, yeah, nobody's throwing anybody down, you know, or somebody like accidentally put like twice the normal regulation size rims up there. Or something. <laughs> we can't miss. Oh. oh, it's at eight feet and it's twice as, <laughs> I don't know, but Good you know, in most European countries, most of Asia and Oceania, the week starts on Monday. As opposed to in North America, Japan, Israel, South Africa, and most of Latin America, it starts on Sunday. That's interesting. If you look at a calendar, most of our calendars, you know, the first right. day of the week is Sunday. Sunday. Most, and a lot of other places in the world, it is Monday's the first day. Hmm. And Sunday's the last day. Out of all the Disney princesses, there's only one who's ever killed a man. <gasps> um, oh. Can you name that princess? 
Uh, I'm just, mm, no, I can't. It would be Mulan. Oh, oh, right. Okay. I was going to say somebody else, but it was going to sound terrible when I said it. So, (laughs) oh, okay. Yeah. Little Mulan. Yeah. I remember. There you go. Because she was pretending and yeah, that was, what a fun movie. Oh my gosh. I know. And the music's so good. In the Astro, in the Austro-Prussian War of 1866, Liechtenstein sent a force of 80 men. <laughs> that's all they but, had. <laughs> but as a percentage, that's probably right? a lot that's... of people from that country. I mean, numerically exactly. small, but that's a tiny, Ooh. tiny country. Anyway, they sent a force of 80 men to fight, and the force actually ended up seeing no action by the war's end. They returned home unscathed with 81 men. Oh, no. <laughs> because there was an Italian soldier who said, I think I want to call Liechtenstein home. Can I come home with you guys? So they actually came back with more people. Oh, recruits. Oh. <laughs> that usually doesn't happen. Oh, gosh. Carla, what do you call a bunch of chess players bragging about their games in a hotel lobby? <laughs> I don't know. What do you call them? Well, that would be chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. Oh, yes, it would. Okay. <laughs> Woo! Woo! I know. Now, that joke, you can tell that, but you should sing the punchline because you got the pipes. I'm just saying. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> Carla, do you know which country started the tradition of Christmas trees? Uh, I'm going with Germany. You are just batting a thousand this week. Oh, there we go. Christmas trivia. Yes, there we go. Oh, Tannenbaum. Right. That song. Little candles in them. Isn't that a great idea to put yeah, a tree in your home? That's genius. <laughs> let's cut a tree so it's no longer alive no. and it will become dried oh, and flammable. And then let's put lit candles all yeah. over. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? No, that's a great idea. <laughs> but how pretty. That makes a nice song. So, okay. Yeah. Ooh, we've come a long way. Oh, in fact, you know, one year. And, and we didn't leave them very long, but they would sell in Austria still like the little attachments that you would clip onto a branch oh, to put oh, just a little candle in. And the Kimmels, who lived in close to Neuburg when we lived in Vienna, we went out to their house and they actually had a tree. And just for a minute, we lit them all. And it was Ooh. breathtaking. It was I so bet. beautiful oh, to wow. see, you know, an old traditional tree. Wow. So, That's neat. I like my LED lights on my tree, though. (laughs) Me too. Don't get hot. Don't use energy. There we go. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich your faith. So what is the nativity? And why is it called the nativity? I mean, the word nativity can cover a broad range of descriptions of Christ's birth. Anything from a painting to a live action show featuring animals and actors and costumes to a set of statues or figures. But where did the nativity come from? Well, the first nativity was depicted in a wall painting in the catacombs of St. Valentine from around 300 AD. And then for the following nine or so centuries, art was really the only place that you would see any visual representation of the birth of Christ. But the first nativity 
in the 13th century was pretty significant because at that time, most church services were given in Latin, a language that not everyone spoke. And even if those giving the sermons told the Christmas story, few could pick up on the events and the significance because of that language barrier. And so reenactments or plays were one of the ways that regular folks could learn the Bible stories. Now, St. Francis of Assisi played a significant role in spreading the popularity of the nativity scenes throughout Europe. According to traditions and the writings of St. Bonaventure, in the year 1223, St. Francis wanted to celebrate Christmas in a new way in the town of Grecho near Assisi so that people could picture themselves in the scene on that first Christmas night. So on December 25th of that year, St. Bonaventure writes this, St. Francis prepared a manger, brought hay and an ox and a donkey to the appointed place. The brethren were summoned and the people ran together and the forest resounded with their voices. And that venerable night was made glorious by the brilliant lights and the sonorous psalms of praise. At Greccio, there were no statues. The nativity scene was enacted and experienced by all those who were present. Now from there, the tradition grew and spread across Europe. Now you may be asking, hey, so where's the nativity scene in scripture? The answer might surprise you, it's not. St. Francis and other early nativity scene creators drew heavily from religious art of the time, not necessarily scripture. And some of those artists took some liberties. I mean, the Bible tells us of the arrival of the wise men in Matthew 2, 1 through 12, the shepherds in Luke 2, 8 through 20. And a manger is also mentioned because there was no room at the inn, Luke 2, 7. But that traditional nativity stable and all those animals really may not have been a part of the original story. They're just not mentioned in scripture. But after the first nativity scene, the practice became pretty widespread and popular. And within a century, almost every church in Italy had adopted that practice. And over time, the statues replaced living people and animals leading to creches or nativity scenes in our homes that are now an integral part of our Christmas celebrations. So today, I really want to leave you guys with a thought of trying to use the nativity or the crush as a prompt to prayer and using that whole scene as a prayer guide. Now, this idea first suggested to me is based on the famous Christmas prayer by Robert Louis Stevenson. You know, the guy that wrote Treasure Island and Kidnapped and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. His famous prayer starts off, help us remember the birth of Jesus, that we may share in the song of the angels and the gladness of the shepherds and the worship of the wise men. I mean, there's more to it than that, but those words kind of suggest the way to use the nativity scene kind of as a prayer template. So it could go something like this. You're looking at it. You see the stable or the setting or the wherever they are. Pray, Lord, help me make my home 
a welcoming place for you and a place that glorifies you. I mean, you look at the animals. You might pray, Jesus, please help me embrace the humility in my life, just like you did when you were born in a manger. When you look at Mary and Joseph, you might say, as Mary prayed and as Joseph obeyed, please help me follow your will in my life. I mean, when you look at the image of the infant Jesus, you might say, gracious Jesus, you humbled yourself by taking on human form and being born in a manger. Please be with me this season in a special and enduring way. When you look at the angels, you might say, as the angels proclaimed peace on earth and goodwill towards all, help me spread love and kindness this Christmas season. When you look at the shepherds, you might just pray, Lord, like the shepherds who welcomed you and shared the good news about you, help me share your love and your salvation with others. When you look at the wise men or in the scene or maybe some distance away, you might pray, as the magi traveled from afar to worship and present their gifts to you, help me live a life that's pleasing to you, Lord. Uh, you're my redeemer. I mean, while this kind of nativity prayer is a template, look, you can customize it to suit your own needs and situations. And I hope but it will help you turn that otherwise mundane or ubiquitous part of this season into really a meaningful moment that can cause you to stop and pray. We see crushes and nativity scenes all over the place. Use them to prompt you to pray and help stay centered and focused on Jesus this season. Here, I'll close this today with kind of my own rephrasing of Stevenson's Christmas prayer. Dear God, help us remember the birth of Jesus so that we may share in the joy of the angels, the happiness of the shepherds, the adoration of the wise men. Please close the door on hate and open the door to love all over the world. May every gift be given with kindness and every greeting with good intentions. And may the morning of Christmas bring us happiness knowing that we are your children. And may the evening bring us to our beds with grateful thoughts, forgiving and forgiven. For Jesus' sake, amen. Hey, I will put a link to the original nativity prayer to, in the show notes. Also drop in the templates if you're interested. As always, thank you for joining me on another episode of The Daily Grind. Do the podcast stuff if you would. Rate it, review it, share it with your friends, all that kind of stuff. And I look forward to joining you again tomorrow morning on a new episode of The Daily Grind.